Hello, writers. Welcome back to the Writer's Way podcast. I'm here today with author and productivity expert, Joe Episujima. Thank you for coming on here today, Joe. Thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to talk to you again. Yes. Did I get your name right, mostly? Yes. <laughs> so I, I told my audience last week that since the kids have come home, it's just been <laughs> a long show. And then you uh, you were sharing about your services and you're an author. And so just um, serendipity at its finest, right? So yes. if you want to share with everybody a bit about your background, maybe, and about your books, and then we'll get into the productivity stuff. Yeah. Um, so I kind of started online by blogging about Montessori and Montessori trained, and we were doing Montessori at home. And then the first book came from that, really. It's just a collection of activities for um, like Montessori-inspired activities for preschoolers, so two to six-year-olds, mainly because Montessori equipment is really expensive. And I found that although I could buy a few pieces of equipment, I didn't need everything that a classroom needs. So um, having things set up at home that I'd made, that it has the same um, educational benefits, but it's not the expensive Montessori equipment. Oh, I love that. So, so that's how the first book came around, really. And a lot of them were originally the blog posts, and I just went in and the blog posts, because I was just throwing things up as I was doing it. You know, I had a toddler. I didn't have time to be doing everything fancy. And yeah. um, back then there wasn't all the SEO and keyword research and things you needed to do. So um, the blog posts didn't have much consistency. So I cleaned up all the blog posts, got them all um so they looked the same and then converted that into a book. So that was basically how uh, the first book came around. Oh. And because um, I got a lot of Montessori and homeschooling friends in the blogging community, I what I know now is that I did a big launch, but I didn't realize that's what I was doing at the time. I was completely clueless. I was just like, well, if it sells a few copies, then that's fine. And originally, I was going to put it out there for free as a lead magnet, magnet, but at the last minute, I changed my mind, and I'm glad I did, because that's the money from that book has basically paid the expenses for my business for the last however many years it is since I released it. Really? Yeah, so that's... And is it still going strong? Yeah, the sales did drop off, but because it's something, it's like an evergreen book, it's not... Um, seasonal or anything mm -hmm. there's always people wanting the ideas so and a lot of people prefer to have a book rather than having to get onto the internet every time so I think that's why especially when you're talking about doing activities with your kids so hang on yeah. Billy I'm just going to google that <laughs> just, just get onto Pinterest for three hours yeah. <laughs> that's what we do when we're alone and there's no kids around when yeah. did you publish that book sorry um you said it was a few years ago right? 2012 or 2013 somewhere around there yeah and, it's still, and it's still bringing income that's awesome yeah cool so I really should kind of you know give it a bit of a refresh or something or you know it's one of those things I keep intending to do and I haven't kind of got around to it so <laughs> we all have those like, very full yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And then the second book, um, really, um, I really liked going to galleries and museums. And I found that a lot of parents, when I mentioned that I was taking a toddler to the, you know, an art gallery, they're like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. I'm like, why not? <laughs> but I think it was because I came from a different angle that I prepared before I went and I'd have like activities for my son to do while we're in there. You know, it's like, can you find a picture with a hay bale in or whatever? Um, and just by taking it from a different angle, making it fun for him too. So he wasn't just running around screaming and causing chaos. Um, that's how that book came about, really. Um, so, and he still very much enjoys going to galleries and museums and that sort of thing. So, oh, I, I think that was good. So he wasn't in there with his juice box, like <laughs> ready to bring it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, but I shared it with um, a few friends first. Ideas that I did. And they were like, oh, this is great. You should make it into a book. So that's where that came from. Oh, okay. And do you have more books? Um, they're the main two, really. Okay. I did a, an accountability journal, but I pulled it down. <laughs> uh, mainly because I'd completely changed how, when I initially did it, and then I, as I learned more about productivity, I tweaked it, and the book wasn't really relevant to what I was teaching now. So oh, okay. that's why I pulled it. Okay, so that leads into what you're teaching now. Yes. So now um, I help moms get more productive uh, to build their business around their family rather than trying to fit the family around their business. Which Um, means every family needs. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right now. Now, (laughs) yes. So um, I use the Montessori side of things to help them uh, understand their child and give them the right, um, help them give the right things to the child because it's okay pulling things off Pinterest that look like great activities. But if your child isn't in that cycle of learning, then they're not going to sit down and do it. So if you understand where your child is in their uh, cycle of learning, it's much easier to find the right activity for them to do. Okay, and, and they is that will sort then, of like um, age appropriateness, like age, you know, comprehension, or is yeah, it, but, or is there like when you say cycle, I picture it coming back around. So is that yeah? So you've got loads of kids, so I'm sure you've seen this. That <laughs> <laughs> you can one of so, for example, toddlers always go through a stage where they line things up, and everything has to be just so. Yeah, and that is one of the cycles of. Um, understanding their environment and that's why if you've got furniture in the house and you've got a toddler and you decide to move the furniture around often the toddlers will have a massive meltdown Uh and it's because you've redesigned their world without them understanding why yeah (laughs) and then um often they'll go through the cycle of counting you know that they count everything they like count how many peas they've got on the plate and how many books they've got and and then there's often a cycle where it's like language learning. So when they're in one of these cycles, they're often really, really focused on just that thing. So they want to know more about words and letters and how they all work together. And if we give them more there and then while they're interested, they learn at a much deeper level and much quicker mm-hmm. than if we're sitting down and they're actually in a, like a, math, a math cycle and we're trying to teach them phonics. 
they're not, they're not going to take it in because they're not interested. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think as adults, we do the same thing that, you know, sometimes you get, yeah. you'll find something on the internet and you're like, oh, I need to know everything about succulents. <laughs> <laughs> and the next week it might be I need to know everything about SEO. Oh my so. goodness, that is so true. <laughs> it's not just me though. No. <laughs> right now I'm obsessed with making my Instagram feed look better. <laughs> not just making yeah. it look better, but you know, the whole thing. But yeah, and then everything else falls to the wayside. Yeah, so I think if we can tune into the kids, especially right now, you know, we're trying to keep kids busy while we're working. If we can figure out what it is that they're interested in right now, it's a great opportunity for them to kind of go off the tracks and learn freestyle, you know, dive yeah. into subjects that they are interested in rather than what some guy in a suit tells them they should be learning. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard of a well, I guess that's your why well, you're the only one, you're the expert. I've never heard of a productivity course that also talks about the children. And what you ought to be doing with the children. So do you, what's the productivity stuff that's for the moms? What kind of stuff do you teach? Moms and dads, whoever. Yeah. Um, Well, mostly, I think when you're a mom of a toddler, you are the most productive that you've ever been because trying to get stuff done with a toddler attached to your leg is really hard. So if you've gone past that, know that you've got it in you because you are actually doing a lot of stuff when – your kid was a toddler um so pulling from that and the fact that we have to break things down into really tiny chunks when you've got a toddler like mm-hmm. 15 minutes is a really long time and then <laughs> so it's all for you to do something yeah so um prioritizing deciding what are the three really important things for your business yeah. at the beginning of the day and setting as we teach it to the kids, the worst first, or as adults know, we're teaching the frog. Yeah. So doing the worst job first, because that takes that big black cloud out of the day and you can get on and do the fun stuff. And yeah, teach the kids that as well. You know, get them to do the worst job first. And then focusing really um, on what really is important. Because I think these days there's a lot of busy work and you think you need to be doing this and especially at school and in our businesses often we get tied up with all the busy work which is important yeah Um, I'm like this where you know we have limited time because of the circumstances I think this will really help you see what is important and what you should be focusing on and what is really trivial and you know you can just sweep it to one side right so so you're yeah, talking about on. teaching the kids uh, do the worst first so for for all these parents who all of a sudden have their kids at home and and they're supposed to be teaching them something what if you have a kid that says it's all the worst <laughs> what if they don't <laughs> want to do anything do you have any tips for that um tell them they've got to pick one yeah so once they've picked one you know, you can agree, yeah, they're all the worst, but which is the worstest of the worst? <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> and then once they've got that... Um... Sorry, I like that. <laughs> once they got yeah. yeah, once they have that, then... It, and that's a nice way to 
maybe lighten the mood a little bit too and have some laughs over it because it can feel really heavy, especially for kids maybe who didn't enjoy school to begin with and now they have to bring it home and, and yeah. So, so for the adults, so for all of us, all of a sudden homeschooling and working from home, prioritize the three things that you really want to get done that day. Mm-hmm. And if you can identify the trivial stuff, it maybe doesn't necessarily need to be done. Yeah. I love it. And, um, and maybe the trivial stuff, often it's little jobs, you know, like shooting off an email or mm-hmm. replying to somebody on Facebook or whatever. Put them, have like a, a running to-do list I suppose and then when you've got those tiny pockets of time you know while you're waiting for the kettle to boil or suddenly the kids are watching Frozen for the 59th time (laughs) um, you can do those little jobs in between yeah like in those tiny pockets of time I like it and I also think that one of the one of the big things that I find with the mums that come to me that have come from the corporate world is the the mental side of things is that they've got this mentality that they have to work nine to five or six to eight. Mm -hmm. And the same with the school system that they're thinking the kids have to work in school hours from nine till three. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is homeschoolers will tell you, you can get through the curriculum in less than three hours. So they don't need to be sat there for six hours doing schoolwork. And it doesn't have to be consecutive. Um, no break it up (laughs) yeah and give the kids the choice so maybe there's like three things that they have to do for the day Mm -hmm. you know English maths and history or something Mm -hmm. let them choose which one they want to study when so they've got some control because they're going to feel very much out of control right now and everybody's just telling them what to do Mm -hmm. and that's going to put their back up so you know if you can give them some control they have they can choose which one they want to do and when they do it. And they've really lost control over so much. They can't choose an activity. They can't choose which fast food place to go to. They can't choose (laughs) which park to play at. They've really lost, I mean, as have we, but for kids, I imagine it's, you know, even harder. Yeah. And I think the other thing to remember is that kids are used to being with their friends for like six hours a day. And suddenly they're not allowed to, so... Um, setting them up with like FaceTime or Zoom calls or you know some kind of play dates mm-hmm. and that gives you time to do some work oh yeah as long um, as you have you two can... devices <laughs> yeah <laughs> well if you've got that. more that if you've got more kids then maybe then that's scheduling so okay yeah. I know little Johnny gets it at 10 o'clock and Susie gets it at 11 or whatever yeah and perhaps um, coordinate with the parents of the other kids and yeah, get some kind of schedule going. That helped we, we my help. 11-year-old so much this week because he's had the, the hardest time handling it because, A, he's very athletic and he's in competitive soccer and all of a sudden he's gone from four, you know, practices and games a week, which high-intensity sports, to like nothing, to yoga with mom, right, <laughs> which is not the same. Or maybe a walk around the block, but it's still winter here. So it's not fast because you have to watch out for ice and all that. But um, he was really starting to feel that he was really negative and complaining. And uh, a good friend of mine said, hey, you know, like, let's set our boys up and they can Skype. And it made such a difference. It was so much better. And then my daughter, who's eight, who I haven't noticed any ill effects. I think she's very happy to be at home, (laughs) to sleep in, to play so much. 
um, she talked to a friend this week online as well, and it made, she loved it. She loved it so much. It was great. And even if they're just silly, you know, and you could just, (laughs) they can't even see each other half the time, right? Uh, You can just see foreheads, but it's, I think that's so important. It makes a big difference. I mean, it's not the same as being there, but. No, but they're learning great skills from it as well, you know, how to communicate. I think that this is going to bring a big shift in the workplace as well as schooling and You know, if you think of how many business people fly around the world for a meeting that could be held virtually. It's so true. So hopefully this is something that our kids will take with them and that they can learn from too. Yeah, well, they're growing so up I think, learning how to do the chat function and the video yeah. and the volume and all that. And so they will be fussing around like we do. They'll be able to just go right into it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think, I think when we are finally allowed to go back to school, I think lots of families might not. Oh. Maybe they'll be pushing the kids out the door. I don't know. But I know for me, I feel like it's just going to be how we do it. Like, yeah, because it's fun to have them around and to be in control of what they're learning and right to have a better sense. Like you said, their learning styles and that. I know my kids' personalities, but having sat with them this week, the way that they learn is is different than what I had expected. So, yeah. And I think as adults, especially for us that went to regular school, a lot of us think of school as at high school where you are sat for 45 minutes writing because, you know, you're a teenager and you can cope with that. Yeah. But most of us don't remember what it was like being at school when we were eight, nine, ten. And kids are not sat at the desk for 45 minutes in a classroom when they're that age. There is more movement, you know. Right. They have to get up and talk or yeah. they go to the front of the class or they're working in little groups. So forcing the kids to sit at home for 45 minutes, of course they're really annoyed. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, and they, and they should. torture. <laughs> I, I saw somebody post, um, I don't remember if it was a teacher or a homeschooler, who was it this week on Facebook, but they said, you know, the school you went to, that's not the type of school your kids are going to, even if it's all public school or whatnot, it's not the same anymore. And so like you say, maybe we as eight-year-olds did sit all day. And so we expect that our kids can, but it's not, it's not how it is anymore. Definitely. Right. Yeah. I like so, that. And I think just um, allowing the kids to experiment a bit and for them to find their own learning style, because the only learning style they know is the one that's been kind of pushed upon them. Right. And sometimes kids learn in different ways. Some kids learn better by reading. My son is a big reader. Other kids learn better by actually doing things. Mm-hmm. Others prefer listening. So, yeah, allowing the kids to experiment and find their way of learning. And as parents, um, understanding how our kids learn is going to be really important as well. Mm-hmm. We can provide them with what they need if we understand what what it is that they need and how they need it Mm -hmm. and then the sooner we can do that the sooner we can be a little bit more productive ourselves but as long as we keep butting heads (laughs) with them it's it's not going to be a fun experience so what do you offer for people if they're looking for some help well um i've got the wonder mom success club which is um it's kind of like a catch-all. I have half of it is helping um, moms with the the mom side of stuff, setting up the home, helping them with the kids and all that kind of thing. And the other side is running the business, technical um, 
tutorials and that kind of thing. Oh, so it's all under one roof. Yeah. So they've got what they want where they need it. And it's a bit like a library. You can just go in and use what you need because everyone's at different um, stages with their, with their family and with their business. Yeah. So I didn't want it to be dripped out like a course. I want you to be able to just go and take what you need, like you do in the library. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. That's smart. Cool. And where can people find you? jojoebi.com. That's J-O-J-O-E-B-I.com. And I'm Jojo Ebby on all social media. So if you put that in, I'll come up somewhere. Okay. Everywhere. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me today. And I'm going to share this episode with everybody. And everybody's going to be so excited with their newfound productivity with all the children home. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And I, uh, I hope this all blows over very quickly so we can just all get back to normal. And <laughs> I think we all do, Joe. <laughs> yes. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're over here at the Writer's Way and over there in Japan, right? Everybody... Yeah. Okay, well, thanks so much. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.